Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome to the Conspiracy Castle. I am your conspiracy asshole, Primetime 99 Alex Stein, and today's a little bit of a somber day. That's right. This morning we had to go put my mother's dog to sleep, baby. So I'm in a weird mood today. So Todd, you caught me on a heater. We're about to do a cross cast. My mind is absolutely jello. I can't hardly think. So I know this show is going to be great. I know it's going to be a cross stream with the one, the only Todd Armstrong of EmmanuelKingdom.com where you can Learn how King to Men. find kingmen.com. You know, I'm not very good at, at reading. You know that. <laughs> and uh, uh, you can actually learn how to find and connect with God. Am I correct? Is that is that correct, Todd? Absolutely. Yeah, that's exactly what I, I'm all about is God. That's awesome. Well, well, we are on the Conspiracy Castle. So now, yeah. since this is a cross stream, I'm sure you want to do some sort of intro for your show. Yeah, is that yeah. Let me do, yeah, let me do a little intro real quick, if you don't mind. Uh, let's see. Please ask the host. Uh, you have to give oh, me yeah, permission yeah, host to record. Oh, yeah. Host to host? Shoot. Are you not a host? Okay. More. Let me go, Todd. Let me click your thing. More. How do I make make host? Okay. Yes, you are a host. Okay. Now you should be good. All now right. you should be able to good to record and good to go. All right. Perfect. Here we go. Uh, Recording in progress. Hello, everybody. On today's show, I have on a guest who has gone from reality TV to becoming the self-titled king of all conspiracies and making us laugh. He is prime time, number 99, on the grind all the time. He is host of the Conspiracy Castle. Everybody welcome Alex Stein to the show. Wow. Thank you. Thank you, Todd. That's so professional. It's way better than mine. Wow. Now I feel bad, Todd. You outdid me on my own show with a better introduction. So now I wish I could reach through this freaking computer, strangle you right now. I'm on edge. But thank you for that, Todd. I really appreciate it. Well, that was a big change in a temperament right there but yeah uh that i think i'm having a manic episode todd i swear to god let me tell you this let me tell you this okay let me just tell you what happened this is why i was texting you why i was texting you why we're emailing let me just tell you what the fuck happened this is how you know i'm having a bad day my mom calls me and sends me a text oh baby can't breathe you know i gotta go to the vet you know i'm like oh this is bad this is bad then i go to the vet let me go get my my cell phone's in the room i can pull up the pictures but i don't want to pull it up now we go to the vet we have to put the dog to sleep it sucks, crying, this and that. Now, now I knew I had an interview. I thought I had an interview today at 7 with you, but it's actually I have another one at 7, so I kind of forgot about it. So I'm going to Burger King to get an Impossible Whopper. <laughs> I don't eat meat, Todd. I don't eat meat. But I said, fuck it, I'm in a bad mood. I'm going to emotionally eat. I'm not going to exercise. I'm going to go get a fake uh, cheeseburger. I'm going to get uh, a strawberry shake and french fries because that's what makes me feel as good because I'm, you know, that's I, I, don't, I don't drink. You know, it's food is my... It's like, you know, a pleasure, whatever. Dude, I get there. I order. The line is out the fucking door at the Burger King. Nobody goes to Burger King. The one time. I'd say it's 2.30. It's not even the lunch crowd. I'm like, is God, this? and I know God is real. I'm like, is God playing a joke at me? He's God. He wants you to have a <laughs> yeah. bad day. That's what I'm saying. Cause, and, and actually, I understand it. It will make you stronger. Because even though today sucks, you know, it's the little thing. I'm saying it was this little thing. I couldn't get my fucking hamburger. And I almost lost it. I'm like, why can't I? Why is this making me so mad? Then, then I had to do the show, and I was actually happy that I had to do the show because I know now I can come here and talk about it, and this is my free therapy. So that's what yeah, uh, yeah, people don't therapy. realize. I was actually looking forward to doing this, but it just still sucks because I'm not in my typical mood. I'm in a bad mood um, because I had to put a dog to sleep. It just sucks. Yeah. Hey, let me let me get my phone. I think my phone's Go in the bathroom. Hold on, hold on. Hold on. All right. 
So I'm glad to be on the Conspiracy Castle. Uh, everybody who uh, knows Alex and doesn't know me. Let's see if this. Let's see if this works. Uh, oh yeah, I got shorts. No, no thing. Uh, no, no pants. But let's see if I can make it. Let's do a share screen. Breaking down the fourth wall. Host disabled participants. Oh, you don't want me to be able to share the screen? Uh, can I? How do I do that? I think you click allow share screen. Click mine yeah. on the top corner. Do allow share screen. Allow share screen. I okay. didn't didn't offer it. It doesn't. Hold on, let me see. Hold on, let me go. Maybe because you recruit. See, it says host disabled participant screen. Share screen. screen. Let's see. Hold on. Uh, but I'm a host too, so that doesn't make sense. Yeah, it's not even asking me about uh, screen sharing for anything. That I is so weird. Oh, let's okay, do this. Thanks. Let's do gallery. Let me do this. Hide self view. This is so weird that it's okay. Make a so I guess you're now the host, so I'm not the host anymore. I guess. So click make me a host. Okay, so how do I do that? Okay, click in the top corner. Uh, the, the, the or my thing, I think it says make host. Make host. Yeah. Does uh, it say that? No, I don't see anything. I see. I know this is weird because all of a sudden now yeah. it's like I uh. Well, I guess it doesn't matter here. I'll just I'll just pull up the pictures today. I was gonna you know share my cell phone, but uh, but this is this okay, is okay. Wait here, I just hit multiple can share simultaneously. See if that works now. Screen share. Yeah. Okay, let's go to. Oh shit, let me plug my phone back in. Let me get out of this. Let me go to the the photos. Allow. Okay. Camera. Hold on. Where share screen? Okay, I think it does let me do my phone. Hold on, let me go to pictures. Okay, let's do share iPhone or iPad share. Oh God, I had to do a plug-in. Of course, let's see if it let's see if it works. It's installing right now. This show is kind of already off the rails, Todd. But luckily, uh, please connect the same network as a PC. Oh my God. Okay, of course this is gonna take too long. Let me just do stop <laughs> share. Let me just show everybody. So this is today. This is me and the dog crying. Look at me. Look how sad I am. Just bawling. I mean, this is my mom and I just freaking. This is him. This is him being put to sleep. Oh, dude, it's so fucked up. I'll talk about it. I guess I'll show it later. But I mean, this is his last. These are his last moments alive today before we put him to sleep. Just sucks. It's what I could put you in that low vibrational state. And see, you know, honestly, though, I'm like trying to look at it in a positive mindset in some sort of way, like try to take some sort of positivity from it. And this is what I think um, it is. It's like I was just at this. Uh, a school board meeting and I just did it and I went and I trolled them and I talked about, you know, like, you know, being pro mass and pro vaccines and all this retarded shit. And uh, I realized in the thing, in the, in the school board meeting, every parent in there, it was divided 50, 50, and you could literally cut the tension with a knife. And, and, and the pointless thing is like, I'm in there laughing. I'm like the only one that has a sense of humor. I'm not saying that's a good thing, but what, what, what the problem is, is they want us to be in that constant state of turmoil yeah. and mad, like if people don't realize what I'm saying is I was enjoying it. I literally seeing these people pitted against each other. It's, it sounds really bad, but I'm like, oh man, I'm so happy. I'm not them. I'm so happy. I'm not really like this emotional about it because even if I had a kid, I wouldn't want to wear a mask. I'm sure I would be so emotional. I'm lucky to not have kids. I'm not saying it's necessarily wrong, but they're just falling into the trap. So like, they're like hating each other over this fear, over this like stupid little virus, this and that. They're just, just, just 
But really, at the end of the day, none of that shit matters because when your dog dies and something bad happens, I mean, you know, it's like none of that. My dog dying and whatever the fuck some school board meeting, it just gives you perspective of what you really care about, what you really love, what really makes you happy. And that's the problem is people actually get joy out of fighting with one another. And so that's why, you know, we've created this like instant dopamine, cortisol release, like hatred fight where people are addicted to that they're addicted to like well, constantly what happens, getting mad. people uh they want to throw that emotion off of them and the more it gets thrown onto them the more that they throw it away so if someone keeps you know treating you like an asshole then they're going to get treated like an asshole by so many other different people and then it's just a never-ending cycle because they're getting it from everywhere else so they're trying to throw it off of them that's what it's a constant battle I think you're 100% right. It's like uh, they, they want, or, or misery loves company. Like if they're feeling bad, they want to bring you down right, with it. Right. It's really sad. Uh, but, but, but like I'm saying, I, I, this gives me perspective because I mean, today sucks, but it's like, and it makes me love my cats a little more, the dogs that are alive and the animals that are alive. It makes me, you know, respect them a little more. And like my mom said, the cat, her cat was like with the dog last night. So there's some sort of, this is how I know this God is real because he gave us animals. He gave us these things that give us so much joy. That, you know, I'm crying over and it's like, I'm, you know, kind of, I'm not anti-cry, but I'm kind of like anti-baby back bitch. Let's not be a little bitch and cry about everything. But when my dog died, I'm sitting there crying. I don't care. I don't feel gay. I don't feel whatever. You I feel, shouldn't. that's what I'm saying. I feel. It takes almost, a man to actually cry and actually admit it. You have what? to have strength in you to admit weakness. 100%. But like, it almost just felt real. It was just the real visceral response um that my body wanted to do and i didn't fight it and i mean it just i mean i don't know i don't know what to tell you other than i'm all scrambled my brain is scrambled eggs uh because like i said i i've i've actually done this for a lot of dogs it's actually like the fifth dog i've been in the room oh, for. Wow. yeah i've had so i'm an animal nut i've grown up with so many animals so i knew it was going to be like but this is the first dog this is my mom's dog is a chihuahua so like i've never had a dog you could actually hold it after it was dead and it's just i mean it's oh, just it's a low it's vibrational a state, Todd. So how do we get out of this low vibrational state well, in your bring opinion? Bring in your cats. Keep bringing your cats to purr on you. Yeah, well, that's true. And Todd, okay, I know I've been bogarting this because you probably didn't expect to talk to me like, you know, literally in, in about two hours after I had to put a dog to sleep. But uh, uh, tell me a little bit about yourself and your connection. And, and how did you uh, realize you're, they were hiding the creator, Todd? Uh, well, so about two years ago, I woke up uh, and it was a very fast paced thing. I went from, well, six years ago, I was in prison. I was a drug addict. Uh, I was 280 pounds. I was so many awful, terrible things. Slow down. So you're a fat drug addict, Todd. Okay. Uh, I like this. Okay. No. Cigarettes. Dude, I'm uh, saying I, I've done every drug there is. I, I don't use drugs anymore, but I'm saying, uh, it was a crush. So you were probably, you were fat, but I bet you're probably getting laid if you're getting drugs. Like I'm <laughs> saying, I bet you had, there's something about drugs and, and getting chicks that, that I don't know why, but well, yeah, uh, it's all low vibrational. So it all hangs out in the same places. Exactly. Okay. And then, so, so you're, you got, what did you get arrested for? Uh, I burglarized pharmacies. So Shut I had, up! Wait, you're a hard, you're a badass. Wait, wait, wait. So would you go in the back door and take all the Xanax and all the shit out of a out of a uh, pharmacy? No, I actually I broke down the uh, front the glass doors and I would go in when they were no one was there. I I broke down the door and I would go in and why the place was open? Like what? Like no, what? no, no. It was at night when they were closed. 
Wait, Todd, so you're a fucking hardcore man. You're a oh, badass. Todd, but see, you know, and this is what somebody's not going to realize. See, Todd, I know you're a good person. I know you, I can already tell because you can, talk, you can talk about it, but this is what people don't realize that are listening to this story and go, why would this guy break into a pharmacy? You were under the influence of drugs when you were making those decisions. Uh, you were yeah, so was, pilled out. Yeah. yeah, and not even that. I was suicidal. I was, uh, I was a horrible person. I was like the worst person ever. And now I don't even listen to rap music anymore. Because why, you know, it triggers you to kind of want to do drugs or something like that? I, uh, no, I just completely changed myself. You know, yeah. like last year I had a six pack, uh, I, you know, I so I lost a ton of weight. I uh, I was losing my hair and now I have long hair. You know, there's everything about me has changed. Not one thing is the same. Have you ever seen the show Travelers? Yeah, yeah yes, I have a little bit. Uh, yeah, ahead. that's what I am. You know, that's how I feel anyway, that I'm a new person in this body, that something new took over. And uh like the eagle landed in and connected all of my chakras and I have a kundalini awakening. I have, I cut the head off the snake and I actually uh, offer mentorship programs on how to awaken your kundalini and how to, uh, you know, control yourself and how to better yourself. I, uh, I have a mentorship programs for it. Because and that's on, that's on your website. That's on your website. Yeah. What do you weigh right now, Todd? So I'm like 185 or so right now. So that's a hundred pound weight loss, oh, basically. Yeah. And see, you know what? This is for the other people out there that, that if they're struggling with their mental health and depression, I was the same way. I got up to 295 pounds and I got down to 185. Now I'm back up and back up to 215, but I'm still 36 waist. As long as I don't get above 36 waist, I'll be fine. This is what I'm saying. I was dieting and exercise like crazy. Guys, if you want to heal your depression, now they're going to say mental, you know, they're going to say no medical advice. This is not medical advice because I don't want to get in trouble with whatever, YouTube, you know, wink, wink, whatever the fuck. If you're depressed, all right, guys, you you can heal depression. And I know like your mom dies, your dog dies, like I feel you can't heal that. But I'm talking about continual, uh, uh, a chemical imbalance in your brain, whatever the, the Sigmund Freud, they're going to say, you can actually heal that with diet and exercise. People don't realize that, Todd. They don't realize yeah, that. When you're, you're 100% right. When they don't realize when you exercise, you're not, if you exercise to lose weight, that's great. But that takes a lot of time. But if you exercise with the mindset that you're doing this to help your mental health and to, you know, blow out the horse hockey, as I like to call it, or to at least get your, what happens is, is the light exercise, not even that doesn't have to be crazy, and you know this, your heart is a pump. So when your heart gets working and the blood starts pumping, you know, it breaks your blood-brain barrier. And, and what that does is it just it basically nourishes your brain. Literally, uh, you know, it makes you mm -hmm. feel your brain. It's like imagine your brain being dehydrated and by exercising it, it hydrates it. That's just a metaphor, right. obviously, but that's that's what I like to that's right. what I like to do. And it I healed my depression and anxiety. Yeah, I, yeah, mine as well. And I give that advice to clients. So, you know, you are exactly right that it is. And it, uh, you know, anyone who's spiritual out there, it, it's your bottom three chakras are all controlled by uh, grounding yourself, being a physical person, doing physical activities, you are grounded to the earth by your bottom three chakras. Uh, and you you have seven of them it's in the book of enoch you have seven major ones and the book of enoch it says heaven is the middle one then there's three to the north and three to the south wait slow down is, todd i love you i love you i love you the book of enoch talks about chakras you see i'm a book of enoch well, freak. Talks, I, I mean it I talks love, about I mean, heaven and okay. there's seven mountains and there's one in the middle the biggest one is in the middle which is your heart and then you got three above and three below uh yeah it says like three to the north and three to the south something to that effect and so uh, you but, think that that's a metaphor for the chakras? 
Yeah, well, it's a true thing that he saw he was taken to because it's as above, so below. You know, everything is a fractal repeating itself on a scale. So to the ourselves are us. You know, what ourselves are to us, we are to God. Uh, so, uh, so when he says he saw seven mountains, which word pyramids, not mountains, seven pyramids, uh, he's talking about the chakras, three to the north, three to the south. But the three to the south, they ground you in being human. You have to do physical activities, take care of yourself, uh, your sexual, which is the sacral, your ego, which is the solar plexus, and your root, which is where you're talking about uh, th these emotional states that you live in. you got to make sure you're solid in those three, and the way to get out of that depressed state is by doing physical work, because you have to physically vibrate the way you spiritually vibrate when you meditate. You have to exercise, which is physical vibration in order to clear out those chakras and a lot of people don't do that and they think that they can meditate away all their problems and just sit at home you know still watching netflix all the time still even though we were just talking about a show on netflix you know i'm i'm yeah. talking about someone who's just sitting there and doing nothing but watching tv someone who's just eating someone who is giving over to their lust you know, those types of things are going to keep you in a low vibrational state. And the only way to break free is to physically vibrate out of them by controlling all of those uh, appetites that belong to those chakras. Yeah, I know you're 100 uh, percent right with that. That's why like yoga is so important. You don't even need to really move that much. It's like the rolling, right. the pushing, the stretching and the you know, it's like your body just needs that. Uh, you know, it needs that movement for whatever reason. If you're stalemate, you're going to stay just in a stalemate, in my opinion. Um, but I love hearing more about the connection with the chakras because, like I said, I, I love yoga. And so wh why is the, e the ego is explain that chakra and why is that chakra in the asshole, basically? Or why, you know, why is So uh, your just, solar plexus? Yeah. So your solar plexus is just, it's feeding yourself. Whatever your... Um, what's the best word for your it's your desire okay your desire lives in your solar plexus now it can be used for good but usually your desire is just the uh, lower vibrational state of you that is making you do things so that it can stay in control so when uh say you're a child and you have a teacher yell at you right yeah. so then the, from there on from that point onward you're a changed person so now the next time you get yelled at, now your ego comes up and your ego steps in and your ego blocks that teacher from allowing that hurt to come in or whoever the teacher is on this time. And then sometimes these emotions become, these emotional states become so strong that we develop multiple personality disorder or DID because the ego breaks off because the ego gets so strong in somebody that it breaks off and becomes its own thing. Now, most people are living in the ego state the entirety of uh, adulthood from puberty onwards, and they don't even know it. Uh, you know, it, wait, it's like, wow, that I didn't even realize. And that makes a lot of sense because, you know, that, and I think that actually happens to more common than not, because like my ego is different in a room full of people than it is like with my dad or with my girlfriend. Like, so maybe we all kind of have multiple personalities because our ego, I mean, I guess with the level of our ego and our, or you explain it, but that's how I kind of feel like my well, ego is different from my girlfriend than it is around you. Well, so when you're, uh, your emotions all have their own personality. So everybody has multiple personalities, how you're acting to my conversation now is different if you're happy is different if you're sad is different if you're angry but you if you put yourself if you can imagine yourself 
being in this conversation in different emotional states, how would you react? And you can see you have different personalities. All of us do. Yeah. And the the ego is there. It's a protective force. It's a thing that wants to protect us from harm. But we have to face harm. We have to face adversity in order to grow because we're here spiritually. We came down in order to have this experience and we have to learn to break out of the shell, break out of the ego and, uh, you know, go towards this being spiritual, being the spirit in one and how do you do that is the physical, mental, and emotional state all have to vibrate at a certain level, which will then make your spirit vibrate at a certain level. And uh, once you can control what your ego is doing, once you can recognize that you have to merge some of the ego, some of the darkness in you, you have to merge that with the goodness and you have to make peace with everything you've ever done and everything that you've ever said, everything, all of the disgusting things that we've all done and said that we would never want to talk about in private. You have to, or in public, I'm sorry, you have to admit it out loud to yourself at least, and you have to be okay with everything that happened and then recognize the things that you've done wrong. You don't want to do those things because that doesn't make you feel good. And the things that you've done right, you do want to do those things because it does make you feel good. Yeah, I mean, that makes a lot of sense. Wow. And so, so, but, but, when I think about like all the bad stuff and cringe stuff I did, so you, I mean, what is the best way to get over that to actually face it? And I mean, what, what is your opinion yeah, when I think about it? You have to look at it. You have to look at. It. See, like I want to sweep that under the rug naturally, you know the thing. And and I try, and I don't. I guess I do have stuff I can look back. I'm like, oh, I didn't handle that situation better. But I know this. I'm saying there's times where it gets less cringier over time. So. Time kind of heals all wounds, but people don't like that. I know people, you know, don't like uh, when well, I say I'll that. Actually, I argue yeah. against that. Yeah, uh, get your argument. That's time. fair. And, 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 and I want to hear it. And I'm not even trying to debate you on that because I know there's ways to heal faster. I'm just saying like, well, you know. Time, so you time know. itself doesn't heal anything. Time just goes on. You know, uh, we'll take the instance that you are you had to put your dog to sleep, your mom's dog to sleep. So, you know, next in a year, week, I'll, in a year, I'm not even be, I mean, I'll be sad about it, but I'll have some sort of, oh, go ahead. I want to hear your explanation. Well, yeah, yeah, sorry. So, yeah, so it, nothing's ever healed. So every time you'll think about it, you'll be still feel sad, but the memory of it is just fades. So it's not that it's a healing. It's still there. It's always there until you do heal it because time isn't healing it. Time is just making it easier to forget. That's all time does. Boy, what? See, that makes me sick because it's like I think about, oh, God forbid, you know, the day I lose my parents, you know, it's like, how do you even go on? And I'm sure there's people listening here, of course, lost parents. So I'm just saying, obviously, you can go on. I'm not saying it's impossible, but it's like in my mind, I just think, oh, well, you know, with time, that will heal too. Like every, that's the only way I kind of justify it in my mind. Like, oh, that's going to be the well, worst thing ever. But if you think ahead. it's a, it's an energy transfer and this is actually death. You know, this is the place where you have to eat other things. You have to kill in order to be here. You have to eat something that's living, consume its life energy force in order to be here. You can't just be here without consuming something else. Plants can do it, but animals and humans, we can't do it. We have to kill. Well, it's a cycle. That's what I'm saying. So we're just well, part of this. This is, the, this is the place of death. So this is the only place death exists. It's not real. As soon as you die, you just wake up somewhere else. You wake up in an alternate timeline. You wake up in a parallel reality. You wake up like you do every morning. You just wake up. That's what you believe happens when we die. You're going to wake up in, a, in, in another thing. 
Uh, I'm not sure exactly what I know it you is, don't know. I mean, just guessing. This, well, okay. yeah, so it's an energy transfer. So you either transfer it. So this is the only physical reality that exists. You know, people talk about planets. Planets don't exist. There's different realms, different video games you can go into that might be what they're trying to say are planets. But there is no other physical place like the Earth. The, the Earth is the bottom solid Russian doll and the Russian nesting doll. It is the place where cells and spirit become one, you know, because cell on, we have the cellular inside of us, right? And we have outside of us is uh, the, we represent the cells on different scales. You know, everything is on its own scale uh, on different scales. But this place is just, or, or I'm sorry, death is just an energy transfer. You're just transferring from this vessel to another one and that could be an alternate timeline a parallel timeline uh an alternate dimension and all the other dimensions are heaven everything else is heaven it's a water type of world this is the only one where we breathe oxygen you know this is a very different place than anything else so they scare us by telling us death is final and they make us afraid of it but the thing is like i said i've been researching the book of enoch lately and the thing is that uh, we only know death exists because someone once told us that it exists. And if nobody ever told us, then we would have never had the thought and nobody would have ever died. Wait. It's only because we're what? aware of it. Wait, Quantum wait, physics. Todd. I love you. I know this is awesome, but wait. The only reason we know death, but I mean, what happened to the first person that lost their, you know, their mom or their dad? I mean, when they know it, I mean, well, you're, they, you're... they didn't. Adam didn't die until uh, after the fallen angels came down and told them that eventually everyone dies. Well, see, that's what I like to think. I like to think is that I guess when the, when the Nephilim came down, they they you know mingled with the humans. And the Nephilim didn't come down. The Nephilims are born from humans. They were born from the, humans. So, so the angels yeah. came down and then the they... fallen, they, yeah. Okay, so explain this. Aren't we just the kind of... The retarded offspring of um, uh, of those Nephilim? And I'm not saying that to be facetious. Like, those Nephilim were probably badass, right? Their first, you know, batch of them. Well, so they're... It's a very difficult uh Thing to say because we're humans and we're trying to, to determine what good and evil is and we don't have the discernment of good and evil we have to develop it which the fallen angels took away from us that ability when they came down to tell us all the secrets so once they took that they took the ability of discernment from us so it's hard for me as a man to say what's good and what's evil because I can see uh, I'm an empath and I can uh, I can send my consciousness, my energy to anybody at any time to see their point of view. And so I can understand why people do the fucked up things that they do on a massive scale. So the Nephilim were, they're called like the heroes of old, the, the men of renown, that they were what we would call superheroes, apparently, uh, that they were larger, stronger, faster than the Neanderthals because they they couldn't reproduce not uh not in the sense that we reproduce they were well, stopped from that well then how, wait so the angels had sex with humans and then explain yeah, but, that again okay so say this is where I'm just it gets curious. difficult i know that's what i'm saying yeah. i just i just like to hear your i know todd obviously this is a speculation guys so everybody's you know everybody but right. you've this done is research my interpretation, this, this is right. your interpretation which is fair i, I agree i just want to hear it more clearly because i love all these different interpretations okay. so uh, and, and it sounds the good angels so didn't 
the angels didn't have sex at first. Not the first batch didn't have sex with humans. The the first batch they came down, and they were like apparitions. They were ghosts. They were transparent, and they would speak to the humans. And the humans thought that it was different plants speaking to them. And this is where they said the plants told us to do this. You could hear this uh, in how they found out what ayahuasca was, what iboga is, what mushrooms are. They say that the plants spoke to us, but it wasn't the plants. It was the fallen angels spoke to them and pretended to be the plants. And they told them about root cuttings, uh, which the Book of Enoch says, which is just psychedelics. They taught them the use of psychedelics. So when they did that, then they could see the uh, fallen angels in their spirit body and when they could see them in their spirit body then they could intermix and their consciousness could mix and mingle and then eventually it got to be too much information for the humans so what ended up happened to the humans is they uh, they couldn't hold the fallen angels in their physical vessel so then the giants were born you know literally humans not humans but giants uh, were born and it's 3,000 cubits with a cubit is 18 inches so you know there was that 3,000 that big. 18 wow yeah yeah divided by 12 is how many uh, feet it would be so I don't even know the, the math off the top of my head but uh, well, like they, got, they were that large but then they kept getting smaller and smaller and smaller until so wait, what's a cubit? 13, 13, what is it? Let's see how tall they were. It's, Let's see. Let's say it so again. it's 3,000. A cubit is 18 inches. Okay, so 3,000 times 18 divided by 12 equals, they're 4,500 feet tall. Yeah, that's the first ones. Yeah, they were. So if you, and anybody doubting this, you just look up uh, mountains that look like people. You can Google that, and you'll see. I mean, Those mountains that look thing. like people are nuts. You guys got to Google mountains that look yeah. like people, guys. It is freaky. And and, and, and like, I, Todd, the reason I vibe with it too, it's not like there'd be like a thousand giants that big born. You'd be like one or two or I don't know how many. I'd maybe yeah, more there weren't too many, yeah, right. Yeah. But, but they had to be that size because of how much consciousness they had. Because you got to remember that these were fallen angels. The, the fallen angels were the stars. You know the asteroid belt that sits around Mars in our sky? I get kind of. I mean, I'm familiar it, with the sun, moon, and stars. Well, in between, in between Mars and uh, Jupiter, they say there's an asteroid belt where there's all these asteroids, and and they're not sure where they are. Some people think that they were a broken up planet, but it's what I. So I also have my third eye active, and I see things when I'm reading and when I'm listening. So in all my research, I I've realized that the fallen angels are stars and planets. The planets. Are, they're just con they were consciousnesses and they saw humanity down here and they wanted to come help us out so they left where they were and came down to the earth and th so they're massive amounts of consciousness so that asteroid belt is all former vessels of the stars that have the fallen angels that sh that are now down here and uh, so what ends up happening is that there's so much consciousness so much information uh, that they couldn't fit in just this physical form, so they were 4,500 feet tall. And then from over time, you know, they they would shrink, not shrink, but they devolved uh, basically. Yeah, the the longer that they lived on, the more that they devolved, right? Like you're saying. Yeah. So 
So then it's like this. Being... It's like this. It's look at these dogs. If you take like a, you know, now these crazy breeders and they try to breed these like crazy dogs, like a, a golden retriever or chihuahua or whatever, you know, they try to do it. Those dogs have shorter lifespans and more susceptible right. to illness because they're just not their genetic makeup of the original breed. So I'm guessing humans with the Nephilims or the angels, it's, you know, it's not the right breed. So the more it intermingles, the less uh, right. potent the, the blood or genetics would be. Right. So over time, what ends up happening is that uh, genetically, the fallen uh, are able to manipulate humanity's DNA and the Nephilim's DNA to then be what we are today. Uh, so like as you we started this uh, little 10 minute thing that I went on. Uh, it, yes, we are part nef part fallen angel, part uh, human and you know, that's the two, that's the eagle versus the snake that it is, you know, those two things happening to us. I agree. Wow. And, and because there's something more to this. Like people want to think I saw some like TikToker, all these atheist kids. I'm not even saying I wasn't like that at one point. Not that I was necessarily atheist, but I didn't necessarily think there was some eye in the sky creator. But what I'm saying is. They want you to think you're on the spinning rock. You have all from nothing. Your life is meaningless. Um, so that oh seven dollars seventy seven cents. Thank you, Drew, so much for for the donation. But I'm it's saying a beautiful they, number. Yes, triple seven. So I'm saying they wanna they wanna take away our spirituality. They wanna disconnect us from God. They wanna make us mm -hmm. a, a, as disconnected as possible. So what I'm saying is, I know that you and I are spiritual beings. Where there's something more right to this reality. Like it can't just be. Uh, Facebook and internet porn and McDonald's and like, you know, and jacking off or whatever. I mean, there's just, there's just, there's something spiritual going on and there's a lot of Gnosticism. There's a lot of religion. There's a lot of, you know, different people trying to tell you how to connect to that. But I think at the end of the day, there's almost more people trying to disconnect you with it. Uh, if that even makes sense. So it's like when they try to hide the creator and they try to tell you at a very young age that you evolved from pond scum, it makes me feel like there's, I, you know, I don't even need to be convinced. There's no doubt in my mind that there is a creator. Uh, I just don't know how the best way is to connect to them. I think there's multiple ways. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. Why don't you run over the little, the flat earth stuff? Uh, oh, so, okay, yeah, Todd. So a little bit about the shape of the earth. Yeah, I didn't even get into it. I didn't even know, you know. Uh, see, this is the thing. I'm primetime 99, Alex Stein. I'm a comedian. I like to joke around. I like to have fun, but people don't realize this. This is what pisses me off. <laughs> So Alex, you're such an idiot. You can't figure anything out. Let me tell you something. That's exactly correct because it only takes an idiot to realize that we are not on a ball made of 76% water. Physically, it's not possible, but this is what they tell us, Todd. This is what pisses me off. Listen, I get it. Flat earth sounds so stupid. I don't necessarily think the earth is flat. Over uh, large bodies of water, yes, water does lay flat and we have pictures to prove it, but there's mountain, there's hills. All you got to do is look at this. The, the lowest we can go is eight miles deep, the Marianas Trench, the, and the, the Great Borehole, which the Russians dug. It was less than eight miles. The, about the highest we can go is about eight miles high. I think it's like 120,000 feet is like the highest we've got put a balloon, which is roughly about eight miles. I mean, that's just as far as, far as we can see. Now you can say NASA sends rocket, this and that. I'm just talking about what an amateur person can do, a normal person not with NASA. Now then you can send a balloon that high. I didn't know it was eight miles up too. That's yeah, it's about eight miles up too. So um, what I'm saying is this. We can get into the biblical description. I don't even want to, and I will get into that. This is what pisses me off the most about the shape of the earth, though. It's not even about the shape. It's about the machinations of the universe. They tell us that we're on this ball and that we are spinning 
25, they tell us we're on a ball that's 25,000 miles around the equator. So that would mean that we have to spend roughly 1,100 miles an hour at the equator. It gets a little slower the more north you go. So uh, I'm in Dallas. So I'm going around 700 miles an hour, supposedly, around the equator. Then on top of that, the Earth is orbiting the sun 66,600 miles an hour. And then uh, the sun is going 1.4 million miles and then on top of that we're going in concert the entire milky way galaxy is going 4.4 million miles an hour through an ever-expanding universe of space yet every single night you can look up and see polaris the north star no matter what you're going to see it and on top of that you can see the big dipper you can see the little dipper and you can see the pattern in the sky so they tell me that i'm going literally four different directions. It doesn't make sense. And then on top of that, you look at the sun, you look at the moon. They're the same size to our eyes. Oh, they tell you, oh, well, it's one four hundredth the size and it's one on four hundredth the way. And so it equals out. So that's why it looks the same. No, bitch. No, bitch. They're the same fucking size. They say, oh, oh, well, you know what? You're, you're in Dallas. When when you see a sunset, you know what that means? That means you're falling backwards. You're on a, a ball made of water. They tell you, you're going 700. You're falling backwards 700 miles an hour. And that's how going. No, that sun is falling on its own. The sun is moving. The, the, you cannot tell me any fucking different. I don't need to be, I don't, when you, and this is what pissed me off before I even get to NASA and all this stuff. As a kid, you know this. There's so many videos of kids watching rocket launches. They see the rocket and they see, oh, mommy, the rocket's already going down. It's just bullshit. They tell us about space, Todd. I get so pumped up. What they tell us about space is so false. And when I hear guys like you talk about space, that those stars could be Neville, that's what I want to hear. That is the speculation. That is the stuff I want to hear that actually kind of sounds like, you know, instead of telling me that it's all nothing and that the Big Bang happened everywhere and that these cosmic rocks are just floating, and, you know, oh, there and there's stars and this. I would rather hear somebody tell me they don't have any fucking clue than that fake bullshit that they tell us. Well, space is water. It's warm water. Uh, it's not a vacuum. That's just the most ridiculous thing ever. Uh, and I don't know that if the Earth is flat. I actually think it's kind of like uh, it's a marble. It's, we have an atmosphere, which that's the sphere that is outside of us. There is the something land. round. I'm saying there yeah, is something the round to the universe. There's no doubt about it. But the fact that it's a ball, I, I don't necessarily think. But but like I said, I don't know. Uh, I, I want to hear your interpretation. But this is the one one thing you want to say. I meant to cut you off. You know how we know that there's liquid uh, above the firmament that's described in the Bible. Just go. Nobody's ever done this. Look at stars through a telescope, guys. It literally looks like my background. It just looks like flashing lights. It doesn't look like you would think and once you do that you can tell it looks like it's in water i mean the way the light shines it, it really honestly looks like a light in water well do you know why they tell us the sky's blue why is what's the official reason i forget they, they tell us the sun is reflecting off of the oceans oh that's the official that's the official wow yeah that's uh, that's the biggest load of shit you're in kansas you're in the middle of a desert in sahara desert that has no water so much so that it it's inhabitable and they're saying that it's that no, makes the sky's it blue. blue because of the water yeah yeah, yeah. It's like just... wouldn't it have rain there then you know that's it's such asinine uh backwards thinking well uh, you you read the book of enoch so tell me the book of enoch's interpretation of the earth it doesn't say if it's uh flat uh but it, it says there's a firmament i know yeah. there's one there's it's one million percent the earth is a marble okay. and not and it is a sphere, but inside the sphere is a flat land that exists. And it's connected at the bottom. The waters of the heaven and the waters of the earth mix under the earth, where that's where the waters come from. And it's the same thing inside as it is 
you know, outside, as above, so below. So when we go look in the the inner earth, it has waters, what's it like, four times the amount of ocean size uh, is inside the earth. It's like something ridiculous, but I, that's I know, because I, it's coming from heaven. Yeah, and I know there's people that took submarines down as low as possible, and they said that they hit a second ocean, that they, they went to, they hit right, a liquid right. that they couldn't even, they, the submarine couldn't go through. It was too thick, but it was still mm -hmm. liquid water. So that's what I, I mean. There's something yeah. going on. That's that we the don't heaven, know, yeah. the heavens, waters, and it's funny. Like you were saying, all the different numbers. You, do you know anything about the International Space Station? Well, of course I know everything about it, but I didn't even say that we're at a 23.4 degree tilt, which would mean the adjacent angle is 66.6 degrees, and we're you know orbiting 66.6. Uh, 66,600 miles an hour, 666. And this is all created by Jesuit scientists or Jesuit, mm -hmm. not scientists, but science uh, inspired Jesuit priests, um, yeah. that made up this whole bullshit and they still stick with it today. Right. Well, they tell us the international space station was built in place where it's at and that it's been in rotation ever since. And, uh, which is bullshit. They just build it in the middle of the air and it's going 17,000 miles per hour. 17,500. And you know what that means? That's five miles a second. That's teleportation. I don't think you can send anything uh, physical, maybe a, a text message. You and I are sending signals that, but uh, you can't, I don't think you can get a, a marble and make it go five uh, miles in one second. I just, that's just impossible. Yeah, it is. It's so ridiculous that they say it got built in space at 17,000 miles per hour. Do you know what that would do to the insides of a human? If someone was going seventeen thousand miles per hour, that is like the most ridiculous well, Todd, thing. There's nothing ever. out there. There's nothing to go against it. That's why it's totally. That's when they're on a spacewalk. They're just floating out there, and it just happens to look like they're in a pool. So I mean, dude, it, it's no, it, it's absolutely absurd what they tell us about space. And then the then the Chinese just got a freaking uh, international space station. Well, let me just tell you something. I don't know. Yeah, they, any, I didn't know that. Well, I, I'm not a contractor or anything, but I've seen some houses being built. It's all Hispanic guys, all right? I, unless there's a Hispanic space crew, I don't think they're going to be able to build this stuff. And I'm not even saying that to be facetious. Or, I love Hispanic. I don't think these, I don't think Don Pettit, Don Pettit is smart enough to build a machine going 17,500 miles an hour. And even you look at the interior of the ISS, a freaking submarine has a crew of like 120 people just to, ma just to maintain the machinery and to keep it clean. They're up there like 13 people eating nacho cheese, squirting out water during tests. Like, oh, look at these. Dude, it, it would take a, a team of people to keep all those wires and all that stuff safe. And the fact that there's not an accident. Like, why haven't they done the fake accident, the Challenger 2.0? That kind of well, pisses how, me off. How could they dock to it in order? You, you would have to be moving faster than it to in order to then slow down to dock to it, right? So how fast can the human body go? Uh, you know, according to NASA, you know, this is it's just so ridiculous. Well, just watch some of the first episodes, or I call them episodes, the first footage of them showing the International Space Station docking and stuff. I mean, guys, it's so crap, but what opened me up to all this, because everybody's, somebody's going to be listening to this right now, I'm sure somebody's watching my channel, time like, well, look at this Todd guys, I was like, you're such fucking idiots, they don't look at it. Listen, bitch ass, I'm saying this in my room. Go look into the moon landings. Guys, go look into how fake NASA's been, how shitty NASA, they have these spacesuits that Forget the rockets, guys. This is what pissed me off. Forget the, even having the technology. To, we don't have the suits, guys, to go in space. I'm yelling. Say, we don't have the even the, the Apollo suits, they said, that could go from 200 degrees Fahrenheit to negative 200 degrees Fahrenheit in an instant. Uh, uh, and they could breathe, fine, oxygen, heated, all the shit that we can't recreate today. We can't even build the same suit 70 years later, 60 years later. Makes no sense. I get, oh, we can't make the rocket. Guys, 
the hand mechanisms, the astronauts, when they got done filming, they all had scars on their hands from the gloves in the suit. They couldn't even make the gloves fucking work. So you're going to tell me they created some sort of technology that works on a planet they've never been to? It's so provably false. And it would take an imbecile, a brainwashed idiot that's actually done research to still believe it. And that's why I see those guys like Simon Dan or those like scientist people that still believe this space stuff. Those people have their ego chakra just so big. They can't, they can't, they have their little kid ego where they learned about space. And they can't let it go. And, and it's sad. I think that's what, that's the problem is we have this youthful, like nostalgia for space that it made us happy. We remember being in class, getting our animal crackers and learning about and drinking our thing and learning about the sun, moon and stars. So when you tell people that that's all bullshit, it shakes them to the core and it actually makes their life the one time it was probably good, the one good time in their life, now they have to poo-poo on it and say that's all fake. A lot of people can't handle that. It's too much for them. Yeah, yeah, it, it is so much, and it's so much programming because they'll just, uh, they'll see images in their mind. They're like, no, I, I've seen space, but it's always uh, bullshit what you see. It, it's CGI, it's movies, it's cartoons, it's all of its programming, completely and utterly programming. I mean, it, the whole universe is electric. The whole universe is alive. Uh, the Book of Enoch calls it the living waters. And what would make it living is electricity running through it. You know, that's the only thing that could make water alive would it be if you had an electrical charge running through it. So, you know, in order for them to say that it's a vacuum sucking, like then everything will go to the nearest thing of gravity. We would just get sucked. There, there wouldn't be no, oh, we're spinning in, you know, in this way. We would just be going in that one direction. We wouldn't be going all over the different places. You know, that's, if you ever used a vacuum, you know, everything goes to, towards the vacuum. It doesn't like, oh, I'm going to go over here for a while every year at the same time on time. You know, it's all set because they are all beings that are doing their job that God put them to do. And they are... Uh, giving us light so that we can see that's uh, and the, it's a sky the sky is a map and a clock and that's all it is 100 percent. it's a, a map and a clock 1000 percent. that's what people don't realize well there's probably a little more to it but that's like i think believe god's intention for us to have it you know until we die or we figure out more to it but i mean it's just really absurd that like you know we sound nuts talking about this time i see people in the chat are getting mad they don't like when you talk about the space they don't like oh, really? well, i know well, no, a lot of my people on the channel love it i'm just saying it's weird how this can be so divisive uh yeah. but it's like the planets and the, and the moon and the stars just tell me this how does gravity hold the moon I, and and does it make a lot of sense when you really put the uh you put it under a microscope or telescope as they would like to use well, here, I, I got, this will uh, definitely make some people mad. So uh, I asked you about the flat earth thing. And yes. and the first thing you said was eight mile, right? So yeah. so my favorite rapper growing up, Eminem, right? Eight miles. Yes, okay. Detroit. Very familiar. Okay. I love Eminem. Slim Shady. Come on, Marshall yeah. Mathers. I know all about it. Dude, you've robbed pharmacies. Okay. You had to listen to some Eminem. That's probably where you look. I'm saying Vicodin. That's one of my, I'm taught. I'm about, we're probably around the same age. I remember the Eminem. That was his first album was the broken Vicodin on it. I didn't yeah. even know what a Vicodin was. I'm like, well, I had to look that up. Uh, but sorry, he was very big into pills in his early days. Uh, uh, Eminem yeah. and was that, a big thing. And that kind of led me into it, you know. That's what I'm pills, saying. That's what I was listening to, all that stuff, yeah. 3-6 Mafia, all that stuff, selling codeine and, and cough syrup mm -hmm. stuff. That uh, Luckily, pain pills make me so constipated. They don't make me feel good. I've never been a pain pill guy. But uh, um, 
it did glamorize it and made me want to try it, no doubt. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, it made me think uh, I knew what they were, like talking about Endoset when I'm like 12 years old or, you know, 13 years old. And then I try it for the first time. I'm like, I see one of my parents had a prescription that says Endoset. Oh, yeah, I remember Snoop Dogg talking about that, you know, Endoset. Well, what's so, Endoset? Is that, what is that? It's a type of Percocet. You oh, know, it's, it's a Percocet. To, that's what I figured it was yeah. Endoset, but is it, is it stronger? Oh, Endoset is I the fake. Oh, that's the, that's the non-Vicodin. That's a hydrocodone of the Vicodin, Endoset. Yeah, probably. Oh, I see. Yeah, yeah I, see. I don't even, I don't remember at this point. But, but so the point of bringing up Eminem was, uh, okay, here's a conspiracy for you. Okay, what's what does MM stand for? Mile marker, right? He's from eight and 33. miles. And thirty-three. MM is thirty-three. Okay, and there you go. So there's another yeah, one. Yeah, go ahead. So, okay, so eight mile, and then and then mile marker. Okay, MM. Right. So, Eminem, blonde hair, blue eyed, white skinned, right? And who was obsessed with the blonde hair, blue eyes, white skin? The Nazis, right? <laughs> yeah. Yes. All right, and he's famously from eight mile, right? Okay. So maybe. If we can only go eight miles deep and we know that there's uh, tunnel systems under the earth or, you know, in inner earth, that maybe he was born down there because he's a test tube baby and okay. uh, that the Nazis have created. All right. So let's look at his initials. Slim Shady, the SS, right? The SS is real big with the Nazis. Oh, right? shit. That is Slim Shady SS. Okay, keep going. I like this. All right. So his name is Marshall Bruce Mathers. So, if you so yeah, so if, and Marshall, uh, if you replace the S in Marshall, the C in Bruce, and the H in Mathers with a T, all of them, you get Marshall Brute Matters. And Marshall Brute Matters, uh, so what, what do those types of things mean is Marshall means of war, you know, like yeah. Marshall Law spelling it that way means of war, Brute is a savagely violent person, okay. and Matters is an affair situation. And it's not just Marshall Bruce Mathers, but it's the third, as in the Third Reich, as in, you know, Marshall Brute Matters from the Third Reich, right? And, so you're telling uh, me he's like the leader of the Nazi youth? How is there she okay, keep going, keep going. Is that what you're saying? Anyway? Keep going, sorry. Right, so, there's, so there's more, right? So he's he calls himself the rap god. Right, yeah. that that he's consuming the life force of everything else, and he talks all about rape and murder, uh, and like real crazy shit. He and used he to has, say rape and murder, like I mean, dude, Eminem yeah. used to be very hard. Like his rap used to be very hardcore, talking about raping Britney Spears, and and he yeah. always talked about uh, uh, what's the Superman, George Reeves, uh, George Reeve or whatever, Reeves. Chris Reeve, and Chris Reeves. That's a that's a Mandela effect. Uh, uh, yeah. which one it is, but. Uh, Dude, he had some very controversial lyrics. Okay, keep going. I love this gravy. This right. is good stuff. So so the reason why you switch it with a T is an S is the snake. So you switch the S with the cross, which is the T. The, uh, the C is the crescent moon. So you switch that with the T. Uh, and then the H, you know, I, I don't really have anything for the H. <laughs> but you switch that and that's what it said. But, uh, yeah, it but, says... but you put the cross in. Well, actually, no, it is. It's a broken cross. Uh, oh, so if. So if you know you have an H instead of it being a T, you know it's just one side and it's bowed down like a bowed down cross. I, I forgot that. Uh, so he calls himself the Rap God, and who was one of his best friends growing up? Dr. Was Dre. Oh no, not Kid Dre. Rock. 
we're not growing up, but yeah, yeah. yeah. Kid Coming Rock up. was his Kid friend Rock. in Detroit. Yes, right. And Kid Rock calls himself the Bull God, right? I loved Kid Rock. Yeah, he had a song, the Bull God. Yeah, as wow. in Ball, the Bull God. So you got the Rap God and the Bull God, right? Wait, and, real quick. But, and what are the chances that Kid Rock and Eminem, both from Detroit, both like white rappers, both are like, like Kid Rock is like Donald Trump's biggest supporter or whatever, and Eminem yeah. like hates him. I mean, this yeah. is kind of weird. They're kind of the same person, yeah. but like they're kind of almost fake. Okay, keep going. I like this. Uh, uh, so Kid is goat, right? A kid is a goat. And a rock is a, a dead piece of uh, material. So rock is the only element that was that's not living. Everything okay. else is a living sediment. So kid rock is a dead goat, right? And he's the bull god. So, you know, wh wh who do they, the number 33, who do they worship? The Baphomet, the bull god, uh, the, the Nazis. You know, this is all connecting dots. Uh, they love the bull god. I mean, he used to have, I am the bull. I had a kid rocks album before. I had Eminem and kid rocks album. I used to jam them back to back. I mean, that was my yeah. ball with the ball to bang to bang. Diggy, 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 set the boogies and up drop the boogie. I mean, dude, that song was number one. Yeah. Ball with the ball was the, and that is a demonic song. I don't give a fuck. Uh, yeah, anyway, Y'all play ball with the ball to bang to bang. I mean, yeah, yeah but you, you hear what he's saying. If if you replace the W's with a, a, an A L, he's ball to the ball to ball to ball. Yeah, so, yeah. Ball, ball, yeah, ball to ball, ball to ball, and you know the shape of the Earth is not a ball. So uh, here we go what, with the last part of it. All right, they're from Detroit, right? Now, if you break that word in half, you have debt, Roy. And okay. Rui means return on it and return to debt. debt, return wow. to debt. So Detroit is the most poorest city. Uh, well, the most, uh, the it largest used to be, populated. It used to be, yeah, it used to be an economic powerhouse with them. And, right. with the and, then, and then it went down and started going down in the 90s. Yeah, Ford's not there any longer. And see, that doesn't make sense. That You know, it's funny you say this guy's you all kinds of gravy. I always thought, because I'm in the car business, I'm always like, why is Detroit, Michigan, and I know they're going to say, oh, there's a reason because it was engineered by Ford and this is why, you know. But but Detroit, I mean, obviously that's where Ford started. There's something weird to our culture, guys, that happened to be in Detroit where Ford, the biggest car brand, like there's something to that connection. I always wondered why Detroit, Michigan, like why Chicago, Illinois. But, you know, Chicago, they said, oh, there's a train to Dallas and Chicago. That's why oh, Dallas Chilaga. Shilaga. Well, well, I'm saying they always have these reasons, but when I'm there's something more to Detroit, Michigan than meets the eyes. And why did it become such disrepair? Like it doesn't make sense that this powerhouse city. It should mm -hmm. still have some of that cachet. It shouldn't have all died. Even with the the auto industry, we still have cars. Like how did we how did right. Ford I mean, I know they try to save money, but why is Detroit such a disrepair when at one point it was literally the, the biggest industry uh hub of the United States, arguably, other than like Detroit, I mean other than New all York right, well, and maybe Los Angeles. So let's bring it full circle then do you know who made the nazis uh tanks uh sikorsky i don't know who made uh, uh, uh ford shut the fuck up you're telling me henry ford is that the true ford company the, the ford company made the tanks uh for the nazis well then who made our tanks ford too yeah you tell me Ford is sitting there selling the tanks to the Nazis, but these Germans. They're the same thing. They but, just put uh, the, you know, they just put different logos on it for the Germans than they did for the Americans. Wait. Same thing. Same. But, how 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 would the you know think about it? how did the Nazis have, uh, who was making their weaponry, who was making enough weaponry for them in order to 
I mean, this is information that I found out, uh, you know, this wasn't just something I'm thinking up. So if anybody's listening, thinking, oh, I just like made that up. No, you can find that out that it was the Ford company. I think it was like 90% of the tanks were made by Ford. Wow. And effect. you think the German engineering, they have some of the best engineering in the world, but they probably just didn't have the, you know, production to maybe well, make yeah, it. Yeah, the production. Exactly. Yeah. They Because they could be cut off from the world. They're, it's a landlocked country. Uh, you know, it can be cut off from everybody. All you have to do is, if your, you know, neighboring countries don't like you, is, oh, you're not allowed to come through here, and you're not allowed to receive any shipments. And that's how you stop it. But they didn't do that, because the Prescott Bush and the pharmaceutical industry was, the American pharmaceutical industry was uh, funding the Nazis, and they were making all of their weaponry and all of the military everything all the tanks everything was made by the americans see that just shows you i don't believe we lost world war ii in my opinion if you really look at it it was really just set up yeah it was just a transfer of power because it doesn't i'll tell you what was lost was they were terrified that russia got too strong because they needed russia the ussr they needed because the ussr won the war you know everyone forgets that nobody talks about that in our history books but if it wasn't for the ussr stopping the Nazis going that were going further east, then it would have never happened. That you know, Germany would have won the war very easily if uh, they didn't. We didn't have that partner to the east, who is the Russians. And then who did we go into a cold war with? Why exactly. did we go? Into, it doesn't make any sense. Exactly. Following after, why did that happen? Because we set up the uh, USSR back in the early 1900s, and then we set up. Nazi Germany in the middle 1900s, you know, from the 30s on, uh, and and then it went where to America because it's the same people who's doing it the entire time. It was just all made to happen. It was all manipulated. It's all contrived. No, to- you're you're 100 right. It never made sense to me that like. Pearl Harbor, they knew that, the, you know, Japan was going to bomb Pearl Harbor. And I believe Japan got tricked into bombing Pearl Harbor in America. I mean, I, and then we started a war with Germany. Yeah, that's and my was, birthday, too. Well, Pearl Harbor, what is that, May? Mm-hmm. What is it? When is Pearl Harbor? December 7th. Oh, December 7th, whatever. I don't know. I don't know dates. I'm, I'm basically autistic. Dude, what the heck? Wait, so, so, so I love that we're connecting with this WW2 thing. And I know this is a touchy subject for people, but I mean... That is like the crux of a lot of stuff because they have the, this is what they tell us, Operation Paperclip. We brought over their, you know, best uh, 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 scientists and, and, you know, the SS. Basically, we created all of our alphabet agencies based on their stuff. So do you think that was a plan all along? Do you think the elite, the New World Order kind of oh, used? Yeah. I mean, that was, they, America was always going to be the puppet to basically uh, globalization. Because, like, this is the only thing mm-hmm. is, I guess, what... What was their timeline? I mean, I guess they have such a long timeline, but I, I just can't believe that. I mean, it's just hard for me to actually fathom all that. Like, you know, that there, I mean, I know that there is a, a powerful elite that are ruling the world, but it's like, just blows my mind that four told in the tanks, we're funding these wars. It's like the Vietnam, Afghanistan. Why do we keep, why are we doing this? Why are we fighting all these endless wars? Nothing makes sense. A, a human would never want to get a gun and shoot another human. Mm-hmm. Yet like we justify and we say it's okay. For what reason? Like I really don't even know what human uh, health crisis we solve with war. And um, it just blows my mind to think about what we don't know about World War II, World War One, and uh, what happened before us. Well, they just blamed it all on Hitler. They set him up for the fall, you know, a decade in advance. 
and then blamed it all on him. And, you know, so when he died, it's like, oh, yeah. It's the over. The guy died. Yeah. The, the, the one like guy. Bin Laden. Who, like Bin yeah, Laden. Yeah, exactly. The, the one guy, that one guy who killed all this. It wasn't one guy. It was a whole team of people around the entire world that had certain interests that wanted to keep those interests in place. And if they they wanted further control and further interest then they needed to do certain things which manipulated wars and then when they they kill somebody and say oh it was all this person but it's actually was all these psychopaths who they didn't kill in the nuremberg trials no shit uh, and not yeah. not just them but and all the psychopaths that were in america that were funding them in the first place i mean look pharmaceuticals basically Braun, came uh, from them yeah, they created meth. They created all this stuff. So, so well, why yeah. was it? Because they were the first at being able to like uh, isolate these chemicals. Why were Germ they're just smarter? I mean, why, why did the pharmaceutical they industry come out of Germany? They were spiritual. So they were spiritual people, uh, the Germans, and they were uh, uh, what was his name? Himmler. Himmler okay. was uh, in charge of a, a large section of his. I uh, say I don't know all the exact words. I, I didn't. Yeah, yeah, I know. You, you to, yeah, yeah. But, this is. But he had mediums. To remember. Yeah. Yeah, they had several mediums that worked for them, uh, and that they connected, and that's how they found out about the Aryans that they talk about. Uh, the you know the blonde hair, blue eyed white people that were uh, gods. That's how they found out about them. And that's why, you know, that's, I don't want to say that's why, but, yeah, but that's yeah. part of why Hitler wanted everyone to be blonde hair, blue eyed, because they're the pure or whatever he, he was saying. Wow, uh, but, that's, that's insane if you really think about it. But, I mean, it's all based in, in their, uh, I guess, you know, their philosophy. But back to the thing, you look at Mangala, you look at these guys that were some of the worst people they got to go live in Brazil. I mean, he lived in South America and got away with it. A lot of guys got out of there that should have been caught. So that just makes me wonder, you know, it has to be all just uh, the trick. Well, Argentina has a ton of white people. I'd say I speak Spanish somewhat uh, because I, I deliver to Hispanic restaurants for a Mexican company. So I speak Spanish. And I sometimes when I go in, I, I sound kind of fluent, you know, the way that... The words I know I sound very good at, so sometimes I go places and they ask me if I'm from Argentina because... Uh, There's so many Nazis there. No, not Nazis, but white but people. But why, you know what I mean? That, those Nazis are going to recolonize there and made white babies. So that's the... So yeah, I'm yeah, saying, yeah, when yeah. you're speaking, you I wish I could speak Spanish. I live in Texas. Uh, but Todd, how did you learn? You Did you... Were you able to speak Spanish? Duolingo. You, you did it on your own. So when you, when you, were, when you were robbing pharmacies, you didn't know how to speak Spanish. No. That's what I'm saying. I'm just saying, I'm going to learn how to say, so I need to learn how to speak Spanish. So Duolingo, yeah. it works out. What, were, do you, oh, yeah. While you're exercising, were you learning Spanish? Or when, like, uh, when would you listen to it? Just on your own in front of your computer? So I do it every, every morning. I wake up, and uh, it's just an app on your phone, and you do like 15 to 30 minutes. So every morning, that's the first thing I do to get my brain activated and uh, get me going in the morning. It, because I do that, then I go meditate. And you taught uh, so, yourself Spanish through Duolingo through an app like that? Basic yeah, Spanish where you can, I mean, conversational Spanish? Yeah, I did 900 days straight of doing Spanish. But I did I did it for two and a half years before I ever even used it. I was just doing it just to better myself. And then God gave me, I moved 750 miles away to Georgia. And then the job that, uh, this job. That Needed somebody bilingual? Company, 
Yeah. Well, not bilingual, but uh, I mean, I'm a truck driver by trade is how I, I you know, my, all my resume and everything. So when I saw this, I went there and I was like, oh, I already speak Spanish. And they, you know, they gave me the job. And it was, you know, what are the odds that I was practicing Spanish for two and a half years before? So now I'm doing Greek. I've been doing Greek for like 65 days or so now. Why, dude, I'm about to do the freaking Spanish because when I have friends that speak Spanish and I'm in Dallas, it's all Mexicans. We love Mexicans. I'm pro-Mexican. I'm saying it's a very high Mexican population. You're when you start, Yeah, I'm pro-Mexican. I'm not, I ate a taco ball. This is the best taco ball I've ever had. In my, uh, that's a Donald Trump impression. Um, when you speak Spanish to a Mexican, they love that more than anything, Todd. Tell them. When a Mexican sees a gringo speak Spanish, they respect that more than anything, don't you think? Yeah, your dog's yeah, going crazy. We go. love the dog. We love it. I'm yeah. just saying, people don't realize. I mean, they just treat you with so much more respect when you use, you know, uh, uh, Spanish as yeah. a gringo because they all oh, know well, a lot of English. Yeah, and it's funny they'll they'll be talking back and forth to each other in Spanish because some of them don't speak English that well. And then I'll say something, and they ask me, they're like, "Oh, you you speak Spanish?" And I'm like, "Yeah, a little bit." And and they're like they get a little flush sometimes. I don't know all the words, so like sometimes. But they get be flushed because because they might have been saying, "Oh, look at this dumbass yeah. gringo, fucking cheap no, what? or whatever they say, whatever their stories. What do they call yeah, you? Yeah, what what if what, what what have they caught you saying? What have you caught them saying about you so far? Say I don't know those types of words. So you don't know I the don't slang. Know. Yeah, you don't no, know. Yeah, the, I don't yeah. know the slang. I just know like the you know the what you'll learn in a book duolingo doesn't teach you the spanish version of the n-word uh they don't teach you that (laughs) (laughs) yeah but okay well listen uh we we got about 10 more minutes to go people are loving the the child they're loving you they're loving uh oh thank you uh, i love being on your show and i'm so glad that you're coming on my show you know you're on mine as well so let me ask you a, a a little bit now please uh you called the howard stern show and and while Hillary Clinton was there and asked her if she no, babies, no, no, no. I edited that because I didn't have the footage from the day that I called in because they never put that on Howard TV. So I just put Hillary Clinton. I just used that as like the B-roll. B-roll. I mean, but oh, so, okay. so let me tell you about that story. Yeah, tell me. That's about a that. funny story. That was in 2015 before the election. That was right when I was in my first. I mean, I'm first. I love I, Howard Stern. I love, dude. I'm the biggest diehard Stern. I mean, just like everybody is. I mean, I loved him. I watched every episode of the E Show. I mean, the first time. Uh, I ever- hold on, before you go on, just to wrap up what we were talking oh, about yeah. with the Nazis. And guess who else was in Detroit right around the same time Eminem and Kid Rock got big? He left right before where yeah. he got his start. Howard Stern. Oh shit! He, he was in Detroit. Wow, he did. That's where he did get his start. That was his first radio station. He went to that lousy yeah. place, and then went to country or whatever. So I, I grew up loving Stern. Like I said, the first time I ever cranked it, I think, was like to the Howard Stern E Show. I mean, literally, like that's how I've been watching it that long. Maybe I cranked it before then, yeah, but I just remember that. that I'm just saying that was like the first time I saw boobs and strippers, and I and that was like a <laughs> real maturation moment, I guess you'd say. So I love Stern. 2015. I get into the Jeffrey Epstein Lolita Express rabbit hole, and I had already, I was already into 9/11 a little bit, you know. I was into, you know, flat Earth, but I didn't necessarily believe the Earth is, you know, flat or whatever. I didn't, you know, I, I, I just, I, I was still really a baby truther, as an infant truther. I still kind of am. But dude, when I called into the Howard Stern show, the way the Howard Stern show works, he goes on at six in the morning, so that's five a.m. Texas time because he's in, he's in uh, New York, which is an hour ahead. Uh, so, so I was up all night 
researching Jeffrey Epstein, Marina Abramovich. I couldn't sleep. I couldn't fucking sleep. I was a nut. I had my phone and my laptop up. I was doing one of those like, oh shit. You know, I had to like have two two things. That's when you're really a nut, guys. When you whip out your laptop. Yeah. I'm like in bed, guys. It's like four in the morning. I can't go to sleep. I'm like, look at this, putting this down, texting this, you know. I say virginity, I meant cranking, my crank genity. But I want to say, let me go back to my research. So I'm like in this deep dark rabbit hole. I get up, I'm like, oh shit, the Howard Stern show is going to call. Uh, come on. That's how the, the, I had heard the way you get on. It's like you call a few minutes before, like you kind of call, you know, right when the show's starting. So I called, I called, I called like uh, two times. I think it was like at 4.30 or 4.35. Like Gary, or the first person, I forget who, I think it was uh, Shuli who picked up. And I'm like, uh, not nervous at all because I'm in this weird rabbit hole. And Pizzagate was like this kind of like, it was just kind of bubbling where people had heard about it, but but James Alafontis hasn't gone to uh, whatchamacallit yet. Like it was, it was still, right. it was, it hadn't popped where like everybody's talking about it. So I ask him about it. I, you know, I ask him all about Pizzagate and you heard the thing because what I'm saying is I call into Shula. I'm like, I want to ask Howard what he thinks about Pizzagate. He's like, are you serious? Do you believe Pizzagate? I go, I believe Pizzagate 100%. And the guy, the guy puts you on to Gary. He's like, "Are you for real?" I go, "I go, Gary, one hundred percent." You know, Marina Abramovich, Jeffrey Epstein, uh, Abrina, you know, Marina Abramovich and Jeffrey Epstein, and something is going on at Comet Ping Pong. Blah blah blah. I mean, I'm, I'm, you know, Gary's like, "All right, we'll put you on." I couldn't believe it. And the next thing you know, I mean, I talked to two people. Next thing you know, I'm talking to Howard Stern, and he's telling me, oh, I, wow. you know, yeah, it was that simple. He's telling me I'm an idiot. Uh, was so, this at the beginning of the show you talked to him? No, I think I waited on hold uh, like 45 minutes or an hour. No, I was okay. I was on hold for a little while. Uh, I was on hold for like 30, 40 minutes. Yeah. So they talked about some stuff and I was listening to the show. But dude, I was while I was holding for him, I wasn't even listening to the show. I was like in this like manic state like I get in sometimes where I'm just like thinking like, oh, I'm about to talk to Stern. But I'm not even nervous because in my mind, I'm like, I'm about to expose Jeffrey Epstein, motherfucker. It's like, I'm, you know, it's like somebody, like I thought I was, and I was doing my social justice warrior, my call to action. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to expose Jeffrey Epstein. Little did I know that, you know, Howard Stern just laughed me off. I thought Howard Stern was going to be like, well, you know, you're right. That does look weird. And Marina Bromis, little did I know Howard Stern's probably with Jeffrey Epstein on the Lolita yeah. Express. I mean, Howard Stern went from being this cool guy. I mean, you know, I thought he was cool, but guys, now you listen to him. Now he's the worst broadcaster. He's the lamest broadcaster. I mean, he absolutely sucks. And for me as a diehard fan, when Eric the actor, who's like, aka Eric the Midget, I don't know if you listen. Did you listen to where Eric, you know, Eric the Midget? Yeah. With the day Eric the Midget died, the show jumped the shark because the way he treated Eric the actor, who I love, Eric S. Lynch, R.I.P., the guy was gold. The guy was probably one of the best radio guests ever. And the way he treated Artie, he just, he was purposely killing Artie in slow motion on his show. So a guy that would do that, mm -hmm. he never gave Eric any money. He gave him a lot of stuff. He got to be on some roles, but Howard Stern has almost a billionaire and his staff is notoriously underpaid. He treats his people like total shit. You can't look at him. He's supposed to got a wig. He's had a nose job. He lied about it. I mean, you really, when you really look at Howard Stern, this guy that I idolize, every fucking thing about him sucks dick now, literally. And I hate to be so facetious. I hate to even cuss like that, but that's how I honestly feel. I'm, I'm genuinely sad that you know they say don't meet your heroes. I mean, I never met him, but that phone call I had with him, that was in that was I canceled my series right after that. I canceled my series like a month after that. Because I was so mad at Howard. I was so mad that he just you know shut me off. I mean, I still liked him, but now I don't have serious at all. I mean, I don't listen, I don't I don't support Howard Stern anymore. Yeah, yeah, I feel the same way. I I, I did want to ask you, I saw that you got to uh be up on stage for uh, Sam Tripoli, uh, yeah. So that was awesome. I just listened to it uh, yesterday. Yeah, the storm tank was badass. Yeah, the storm uh, tank. And and you know, to be honest, uh, uh, 
I was I think I just got lucky. I uh I had messaged Sam said I was gonna be there and I didn't expect Sam to put me on the stage like that. So hey, it was I, a bunch of podcasters were there. Dude, a bunch of podcasters were there and then and I got to stay up on the stage, so that I was very yeah. grateful for that. I can't tell Sam, how much I appreciate that. But you know what helped me in the other podcasters? I don't, all they had to do is put on a suit. It's all because they didn't have a suit. I'm ta- <laughs> I don't care what anybody says. Sam, I'm going to say this to Sam's face. I, I'm going on a show the 25th. And, and uh, you know, Sam, I, I mean, I have a sense of humor. I can make people laugh. But it's like when I had the suit on, the way Sam looked at me is, oh, yeah. He basically just put me like casting agent. Like, oh, this guy's a suit on. He makes us look better. You know, he make, you know, so it's funny. I, what dress for the job you want, not the job you have, is a real thing, and uh, that works. So everybody needs to go. I'll share it I'll, after this. I'll add in the description to the swarm tank thing. But that was uh, so. That, how many of those suits tops do you own? Is well, you know, one, I got or? no pants. You know, I know. Shoot, I got a <laughs> dude. I'm like you. I lost so much weight, so I got fat suits. Now I got skinny suits. I got. But I go to the thrift store. I mean, I have some nice suits. Like this is uh, this I got dry clean. This is a Ralph Lauren, if you can believe that. Thrift store, guys. It's a thrift store jacket. These buttons are expensive, but you can go get, you know, some stuff I ordered new. I bought some new suits, you know, but um, I don't spend any money. I'm I, I'm a freaking uh, used car salesman. I'm not some, I don't have, you know, I got enough to make, I got enough to get by, but I'm not, that's another thing. For me, my mental health, not that I was ever materialistic, but the diet and exercise is a number, just is the number one cure in my opinion. But guys, materialism is the, the bane of our existence. As a car dealer, I'm telling you, these people, oh, I gotta have this toe. And I don't sell new cars, but I'm saying friends that are looking for this car, maybe I'll go to the auction and I'll find them. And I've seen so many people do years of research, one in this car for years, and they finally get the car, they're never as happy because this material thing never mm-hmm. brings you the joy. The joy of the material thing is wanting it. The joy is those hours of research you did. Oh, should I get the blue? Mm-hmm. Should I get this? That's actual joy. And you never realize it. It's like, it's like the dog we just lost. You know, you never realize what you got till it's gone. It's about the journey and not the destination. I know those are all right. freaking cliches, but I'm telling you, we try to go and have retail therapy or we try to buy stuff all to right. make you feel better. You buying that shit and putting yourself in debt or whatever, maybe you're not even dead, it doesn't ever make you feel better. It's almost poisonous. So like I try to, you know, reuse, I try to spend as little as possible. I don't want to be a person that relies on material things. I want to rely on my personality. I got enough. I got I'm an unlimited bank account of personality, so I don't need an unlimited bank account of money to get by. Well, it's the chase of excitement, is what you're saying, because excitement only happens for something that hasn't happened yet. Because when you're in the moment, you're not excited for it any longer. You're doing it, so uh, it's the chase of excitement. And when someone's lifeline, you know, lifeline is supposed to go straight across. When someone's lifeline d- dips way down low, then they got to jump back way up. So how do you do that? But by purchasing things, by having the excitement to do it. But then when you do that, equal and opposite effects, you're going to go back down. And then you have to buy something to get yourself back up. And it's always externalized everything that, oh, it's outside of our body is going to make us feel better. It's going to make us do better. It's going to make us want more or not want more, but it's going to make us want less. But it doesn't do that. You know, yeah. internally, it makes you want more. we have everything. It makes yeah, you want yeah. more junk. Having junk makes you right, want more junk. It's a cycle. Junk. Yeah, I've been trying to break my daughter free from being a hoarder. Yeah, you know, it's not easy. Well, my dad's kind of a hoarder. I'm kind of a hoarder. You know, there's stuff because I put emotional attachments to inanimate things. So right. I kind of hoard in that sense. But uh, like I said, I don't like the materialism. I don't like shopping. I mean, I buy some stuff on Amazon. I like to uh, uh, 
try not to spend money, but I'm saying I love going to a thrift store and finding something that's like really nice for really cheap. That I feel like it's good. That actually is, that doesn't make me in this negative vibrational state. It's like, oh, I get a good right. deal on something, and then it makes me appreciate it more. Then right. the other way, when people pay high retail for something and they regret it, and it puts you in this low vibrational state that you like can't get out. Um, so mm-hmm. it's just like that materialistic mindset is a very it's like drugs. Uh, I see all these girls on Instagram. They got to do this and they got to post this. And I know Instagram's a highlight reel, but what I'm saying is it's all poison. It's all crap. The only thing that matters is you hugging your dog, hugging your mom, hugging your brother, hugging your daughter, hugging your, you know, that's, that's the real love. That's the real stuff you can't mm-hmm. take with you. But it, you know, a car putting, uh, I love subwoofers. I'm putting, you know, subwoofers in your car. I mean, this is cool stuff you can do guys. I'm not saying don't have right. fun and don't live your life but once you get obsessed with having cool shit to impress others because you want right. to have this to impress other people you're you're only going to make your life a living hell in my opinion yeah things uh, outside of yourself aren't going to make you better uh, and i regularly practice getting rid of shit that uh things that i feel that i'm too attached to i'll give up for 30 40 days i'm like nope you know drinking coffee you know if i feel like it's driving me too much, uh, you know, I got to give it up or, or whatever, you know, just anything. If I feel like I have too many things in my dresser, you know, like, oh, I'm not wearing this uh, and I'll just go get rid of it. You know, See, I, I got so many stupid t-shirts. I need to just go donate. I need to yeah, just get rid of them. I mean, yeah. I need to get rid of them, don't I, Todd? Because I, I don't watch Marie Kondo, but they say that is so good. Decluttering is like one of the best things you can do for your, your brain. mental health. Yeah. Well, I mean, I mean, that does make sense. And like, it's like, I love when I go to my mom's house or my dad's house, they're always trying to throw away my old shit because they want to declutter for me because it's probably giving them some sort of anxiety. So that makes sense that this shit really does. Uh, well, your, too much home, shit. Yeah. your home is uh, your holy place and your bedroom especially is the holy of holies. Uh, you hear it mentioned in religious talk, they talk about the holy of holies, you know, in, in between the two temples. Uh, you know, is the holy of holies. So how you keep your home is how you keep your mind. So if you have a bunch of shit all over your house, you know, you you're gonna have a bunch of shit all over your mind. Yeah, and that makes it so I was listening to this guy podcast with R V and he had this the guy Martin, I can't think of his last name. Everyone needs to go listen to R V's uh show. He, they talked about Tartaria and how you had Andre Azertis on your show. He's awesome, Tartaria yeah. expert. But but in this, he said that our homes are grounded and that when we get home and we take off our shoes, we, that's why we usually zap our, all of our energy is because is of our homes are grounded. So is that true? Because I, I can tell you this, when I'm sluggish in the day, if I can get outside, like, you know, like, let's say, let's say I get outside at six in the morning, then really, that's really good. Um, but like, if I stay in my house most of the day, I'm sluggish all day. Why is that, Todd? Yeah, because it's... Uh you're not getting out in, in nature really you're not uh doing anything you you're staying down on yourself you're keeping in but it doesn't necessarily it's not a bad thing to sometimes want to just be home and not do anything and just you know just chill out but if you do that too often uh then you will become sluggish and overweight and you'll not be happy because you need to get out in the sun and be in nature it's really uh it's another great thing to help you with depression the people don't realize how important that sunlight is in vitamin D. I mean, nobody, yeah. nobody, nobody even thinks about it. Like you don't, th- the sun and the moon and the stars, guys, is so important. You even need to look in the moonlight. Like there's something right. to it that is um, uh, spiritual, uh, mystical. I don't know what it is, but I just know there's more to it. And I know when you go out in the sun, yeah. you take off your shirt, you feel way better. Oh yeah. All right. Yeah, but I gotta uh, head out now. 
Todd, what a great show. Okay, Todd, I put the link to your website, emmanuelkingman.com. And explain that. Why is it called Emmanuel Kingman? So my higher self over the course of six months, I kept getting in meditation. Say I meditate every morning. I meditate often. You know, I, I have clients that I teach how to meditate and all that. So I'm, I'm in a meditative state a lot. And over the course of about six months, I was told that I'll be changing my name to Emmanuel Kingman. And then uh, eventually, you know, I got shown pieces of information of what the future is going to be for me in certain aspects. And then it's like, okay, you have to now go get there. You have to go get it. And I had to do certain things. And I had a conversation with somebody who changed his name. And it was right around the same time. And I didn't know he changed his name until we spoke. Uh, I thought that was his real name. And then once I spoke to him, I was like, oh, that's God telling me I have to change my name now. You know, so you're going to change ready. your name? When are you going to change your name? But I like Todd Armstrong. Well, such a strong name. Todd, I'm Alex Stein. Everybody thinks I'm a Jew. I wasn't even, my dad didn't know his dad. I'm saying, so names can be kind of annoying. Todd Armstrong, that, I, you, you got I a good name. I don't mind my name. Yeah, you but, won the name. That, a lot of people have shitty names. I, I can't tell you how many times I, I go to the Burger King I was talking about, and it's D'Amica there, and, and her name spelled all weird. And sometimes you ask a girl, you know, how to pronounce her name. And, and I'll be honest, I'm not saying all black community. Some people are embarrassed by the name that their parents gave. I swear, people may not have uh, uh, found this, but there are some people. So you don't have any embarrassment of your name, Todd. I mean, you you know, you know, well, you I, got a cool name. Yeah, I like my last name's cool. The way that that was, uh, you know, how Armstrong. the word Armstrong came about. Yeah, it was uh, somebody, a, a king, fell off the horse and he grabbed him by one arm and tossed him back on while they were in battle. Like he grabbed him and threw him on his horse. So, so he called him Armstrong. Yeah, so the king named my family lineage. That's where the name comes from is, you know, some king giving us the name. Well, you rocked it. Freaking Eminem, Kid Rock, all from Detroit, and Howard Stern. We learned it all. We talked about the shape of there. Todd Armstrong, you guys can go to EmmanuelKingman.com and find him. Todd. Yeah, where can my guests find you? I'm at the Conspiracy Castle. I'm Alex Stein. You search me, dog. You're going to find me. I'm a freaking internet freakazoid. You can't not find me. Just put in the thing. Put Alex Stein. Freakazoid. Put an Alex Stein dumbass. Put Alex Stein autistic beauty queen. I will come up because I'm primetime99 on and the And I'll have all those links in the description. There you go. But to the autistic beauty queen of Dallas, Texas. I love y'all. R.I.P. baby. I love you, mom. If you're watching this, it's going to get better. It's going to be okay.